I have chills. Yeah. You tell me you went in. That is one of the wildest stories I think I've done. Aren't crows like messengers of death or something? To think that my nightmares could have any implication or connection to reality is scary. Mad deja vu. Hi everyone, welcome to Chai and Chitti, a segment where we tell some of the scariest, most terrifying and haunting stories that you send to us. I'm your host Aryan. And I'm Ishwarya. If you want to send these stories to us, email them at staydesi at thedesistudios.com. Aryan, I know the stories that our listeners send in to us are nightmarish and they mm-hmm. give us sleepless nights, but not being able to read and tell our listeners stories for the last six months, that has given me sleepless nights yeah. too. Yeah. So True. I'm really excited. Like today will be a good night's sleep in so long <laughs> for actually being able to get these stories out there. You know, a good circadian rhythm, mm-hmm. melatonin. The right temperature in your room. And the right scary stories. stories. So with that, let's dive into story number one. Hi, Aryan. Hi, Isha. I'm Prabhav. Lots of love to both of you. My friend and I love your podcast and have never left a single episode of yours. Huge fan of yours. Both of you are explaining the case and speaking skills are brilliant. No offense to Aryan, but I would love my story to be narrated by Isha. Well, you know what, Prabhav? <laughs> that ain't happening. And I thought I liked you, but I don't I don't know. I don't That's know if I like really Prabhav. That's really sweet. Oh my god. But, I feel but, bad. This was completely random, Prabhav, so we didn't know who the story was going to go to. But um, breaks my heart dude. Up with Aryan. I selected it cuz I liked it. And Yeah. We both love you. Yeah. This story is 100% true and this story is from the previous year when I was in 12th grade. One day after college, I went out for some drinks with my friends. After that, I went home. It was around 7 p.m. in the evening. I reached home and my dining area comes first at the entrance of the home. As I was opening the main gate, I saw my family having dinner. I was surprised as I was not there at the table yet. and we as a family always started dinner together as soon as i moved towards the inside my heart sank i couldn't believe what i saw i was a little drunk so i slapped myself and rubbed my eyes a few times but what i saw did not change i saw a young man having dinner with my family talking with them who looked exactly like me I've been drunk quite a few times. <laughs> I have never experienced that in my life. I mean, face color exactly like mine. It was like he was my twin brother, but I had no twin brother. I stood at my main gate in shock watching a duplicate of mine having dinner with my family. I didn't know what to do. Should I go inside? Will he be dangerous? After 2 or 3 minutes standing there, I ran out of my house towards the main road, confused and terrified. I took an auto from there and checked into a hotel. I was drunk and exhausted, so I went to bed with thousands of questions in my head. 
so many movies i have seen were why i was too scared yet i somehow managed to fall asleep the following day i woke up and realized i was in a hotel and what i saw yesterday at my home i picked up my phone expecting multiple missed calls and more than 10 or 20 messages from my parents like where are you why didn't you come back home last night etc but to my surprise there were no missed calls or messages which confirmed that i was not hallucinating the previous night i literally saw a clone of mine i realized there was only one person who could answer all of my questions god cuz i don't know who else can answer that question but only one person who could answer all my questions and that was my clone so i checked out from the hotel and went back home i slowly entered through the main gate scared when i entered i heard a voice from the back what happened you're supposed to be in college and why have you changed your clothes this was my mum standing near the kitchen i turned around i wanted to explain everything to her but when i realized that duplicate had gone to college pretending to be me he was following my daily routine i just made an excuse to my mom and went back to my room i was relieved that facing that duplicate was postponed until the evening as i was standing in my room someone suddenly shook my shoulder and suddenly a bright light came into my eyes and my blurred vision transitioned into reality this was all just a dream I saw my dad opening the curtains letting in the bright light. I was sweating but relieved that it was all just a dream. That was the only dream of mine that felt so real. It was 23rd November that day. I went back to my daily routine and a few weeks passed. Then one day while having dinner with my family, I started telling this story to them. All of them made fun of me, but only my sister was laughing, not my parents. When I was at that part of the story in which I thought that the clone could be my twin brother, I saw a very serious and a bit sad face of my parents. I asked them what happened. They said nothing, but I sensed something was off. I asked them again, and after insisting a lot, they finally told me that I actually had a twin brother. He died from a very high fever when he was only a few weeks old. No one ever told me this. I realized last month was my birthday and I asked his date of death and they said 23rd November 2002. No. Prabhav. I have chills. Yeah. That is so scary. That is one of the wildest stories I think I've done. As a perpetual nightmare dreamer. Yeah. To think that my nightmares could have any implication yeah. or connection to reality is scary. Hmm. That and, is terrifying. And probably, I mean, I'm glad I read your story because that is one amazing story. Um, mm-hmm. Still doesn't redeem the fact that you wanted Ashwara to read it, <laughs> so I don't like you. No, but great story. All right, shall we move on to the second Let's story? Let's do it. Yeah. To dear Ashwara and Aryan, to say that I love your podcast would be an understatement because you both literally helped me when I had no one around me and needed someone to be present. I'm talking about my breakup of course. Oh, sure I, I get w- it. I wish I wish I had a podcast duo during breakups, you know that. The that's... funny thing is you guys, we've gone through breakups while we've been producing this podcast and we've felt like you've been there for us. That's so true. we don't tell you that because you guys don't have a community segment where we tell <laughs> stories, but basically we have the same dynamic. I found this podcast during the toughest breakup of my life. mad deja vu 
Really? Mm, very bad deja vu. About this moment or that or line? Don't know this moment. I'm looking at this, doing chai and chati in this room. That's weird. Very bad, very bad deja vu. <laughs> Ooh, okay. okay, I'm going to continue reading. This yeah. was a freaky deja vu. Okay, anyway. All right, breakup. Uh, I f- <laughs> where was I? I found this podcast during the toughest breakup of my life and that is one of the reasons why you guys hold a special place in my life. We love you. I'm also a lawyer by profession and I'm compelled to state that your ability to convey well-researched and accurate case studies is truly commendable. Thank you so much. What sets your podcast apart? Oh, we're still about up. I like that. What sets your podcast apart, in my opinion, is your approach to providing background information about the alleged perpetrators. This humanizing aspect is a breath of fresh air in a world where dehumanization seems all too common. It reminds us that as listeners, we must rise above the urge to dehumanize, even when the perpetrators themselves may have failed to do so. Yeah. This, to me, is what defines our humanity. That's adorable. That's beautiful. Yeah. Can't wait to see how it suddenly gets very unador- unadorable when yeah, your story yeah. starts. <laughs> Today, I want to share with you and all the listeners my true account of paranormal activity. But before I take you to room number 501, I would want you to know a little bit about me and my family. My family hails from Old Delhi, or the good old Delhi Six. (laughs) My siblings and I grew up listening to tales of witchcraft, black magic, and rendezvous with poltergeists. A very very normal Normal childhood. childhood, Sure thing. If if you're in Delhi Six, yeah, I mean, that is. uh My grandmother, who is no longer with us, used to tell us that there was a sort of curse on our family, and we all seemed to be magnets for ghosts. (laughs) Until the day she passed away, she insisted that whatever presence they had in their old home, they brought it with them to the place where we currently live. Many times, we have witnessed random banging noises, shadows walking past us, and the feeling that someone is lying next to us, when in fact, there is no one. The year 2014. Before I decided to become a lawyer, I was hell-bent on becoming an architect and had enrolled myself in an architecture program on the outskirts of the city of Manesar, Haryana. I distinctly remember it was the 6th of September when I left home to live in the university hostel. When I reached the hostel, I felt this eerie urge to run away and leave the place immediately. My room was on the fifth floor of the building, and like any other horror movie, the lift was not working. This fact is important for the story because it was precisely the reason why none of the wardens ever climbed up to check on us. I, I mean, that's, that's... That's terrifying. No, I'd rather have a dorm room where wardens don't come in on check not on in us. a dorm room where, where you have an eerie sensation that's and true. feeling you want to run away you immediately. You want. In a dorm room without like the wardens. Come on. I mean, that is, it's it's the Faustian bargain of having a ghost or being able to do whatever the fuck you want to. I'll take doing whatever the fuck you want to with the odd occurrence of Bloody Mary. You know. Anyway. He's so scared in real life. He's completely lying. That's not what he would pick Nonetheless, do not I be- checked in. Everyone who's watched Boothbusters has <laughs> seen Aryan. Do not believe this comment. Nonetheless, I checked in and set my stuff. On my first night in the room, just as I was falling into a deep sleep, I felt as if someone had pulled my pillow from beneath my head. I shrugged it off because I was really tired, but it became a regular thing. And when I discussed this with my friends from different rooms, one of my friends who occupied the room right at the end of the corridor said that she felt the same. 
I changed my mind already, mm-hmm. of course. Mm-hmm. Uh, convinced that something malevolent dwelled within those walls, I clandestinely investigated the building, stumbling upon a room on the fourth floor directly beneath mine. You're like that horror movie character who shouldn't be so curious. Yeah. <laughs> that ends up dead at the end of the just movie. Leave. Yeah, just, just leave. Just leave. Just like... Wonder your blanket, never get up. People have dropped out of college for much sillier reasons, Should okay? I you can ask true. me. Its windows were sealed with newspapers and the door was locked and sealed. If you tell me you went in. I, you shouldn't blame the victim. I, <laughs> you have, you to. have <laughs> to blame the victim here. You don't walk into... Okay. Um, on asking the seniors, I got to know that a student some four years back had taken her life because some professor in the college had sexually assaulted her. There was a bit of calmness in my heart, but also a sense of distraught. Returning to my room, I whispered my condolences to the tormented soul. But my words were met with cold silence, and the room remained an enigma. I'm usually very sceptical by nature, which is why I kept my door locked at all times. I had to shut my window with a towel because there was a dead crow hanging right outside my window, and no one came to remove it because (laughs) the lift wasn't working. It was a Sunday. Wait... Aren't crows like messengers of death or something in folklore? What about a dead crow? I don't know about a dead crow. Does that cancel out? <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. But the crow crossovers to the ancestral soul. In so then... many Bollywood horror movies, yeah, no, like crow crows is... are the symbols of... of Not go just your ancestors. The weird vibes. Yeah, they, are, they are. Yeah, crow. yeah, but I think they've just been stereotyped and I don't think the avian community would particularly <laughs> like crows being uh, racist Perhaps. against. Anyway, it was a Sunday and I thought that sleeping a bit longer would not hurt as much. But that changed when I woke up literally choking. I'm not a deep sleeper and I sleep in one position the entire night. That morning, I woke up choking on my own hair. I remember having the same length of hair as that of Ishwarya and I woke up with half of them somehow inside my throat. I love the fact that you've been brought into this horror scene. I love it. I love it. Because it helps me relate. Yeah. But that's that's scary. Desperate for answers, my friends and I gathered in my room. A friend, having some knowledge of the occult, fashioned a makeshift Ouija board. Only the logical solution. The logical solution, yeah. and we are not going to blame the victim, although the victim in this case is a little... I feel like a dum-dum, a uh, little uh, yeah. bit. We followed the entire procedure, and when we were convinced that we had someone present in the room with us, we started asking questions. Since it was a makeshift board, there were only slots for yes, no, enter, and exit. We posed mundane questions to establish the authenticity of the supernatural, asking it if it was Saturday, if we were all girls, or if I held a phone. With each response, the room grew colder and our dread deepened. Rooms getting colder is it's something scary. people say yeah. is, uh, yep. you know, evidence of a a spirit or paranormal yeah. being there. And usually not like a good spirit, but mm-hmm. um, whatever that means. Driven by an unshakable feeling that something malevolent lingered, I summoned the courage to ask the entity if it knew who I was. The planchette, trembling like a leaf in the wind, hesitantly pointed to yes. Oh my god. Fearing what I might discover, I inquired if it desired my presence. To our collective horror, the planchette spelled out yes. Panic surged through our veins. With mounting fear, I declared my intention to change rooms to my friends. To my utter astonishment, the planchette vehemently swayed to no. 
I asked if the entity was in fact the girl from room 402. Even now as I am writing this, I am getting goosebumps. Honey, I'm getting goosebumps. This is terrifying. The planchet moved to no. my friends and i ran for our lives i sent some of the workers to vacate the room the next day and left the university altogether it has to be one of the craziest things that ever happened to me as my friends and i fled my room we neglected to properly send the malevolent spirit back to its realm i have since learned that the fifth floor corridor particularly room number 502 has become a nightmarish epicenter of paranormal activity The university has sealed off the entire floor contemplating its removal to exercise the sinister presence that haunts it. We were but naive 17-year-olds then blind to the depths of the supernatural. I now understand the inescapable power of these entities and I shudder at the thought of anyone who would attempt to make contact with the unholy beyond. I would urge to think twice before indulging in anything related to the occult. Stay safe, M. Ah, uh, Bootbuster season two. Yeah. Um, I just called M a dum dum, but um, yeah. I, I, I mean, fantabulous writing. Incredible. Yes. Incredible really writer. Really scary story. Um, yeah. You you guys may not know, but the college that I was in back in the US, my freshman year, so my first year of college, I was on the topmost floor of our dorm building. and uh, it was called the gelston hall hmm. and it was named after mary gelston one of the one of the first females to go to college over there and uh, the lore was that allegedly mary gelston's spirit roamed the halls of that floor specifically so the topmost no floor in the building never experienced anything but if i was to experience something wouldn't have just left the college i would yeah. have left the country <laughs> ran ran for my life for sure <laughs> All right, it's my turn now to tell you guys the two stories that I've picked for this session. Yeah, I hope one of them is like I wish Arya and Reddit. I know that's not going to happen, it's but it would be some vindication. So unrealistic. I don't think you'd select a story which says that. At least, you know, I I selected it knowing that I'm going to be embarrassed <laughs> a little bit. Sure. All right, moving on. The first story by me starts like this. Oops, we're sorry for the unwelcome interruption. If you want to finish listening to the two remaining stories, head on over to the Bhootbusters podcast and tune in to episode 1. From now on, that will become your regular feed for all things haunted, including Chine Chitty. Just search the Bhootbusters podcast or find the link in this episode's description. If you want weekly full-length Chine Chitty episodes, consider joining our Patreon at patreon.com/thedesistudios. See you on the new feed. Until then, stay crazy. and stay desi